0: Dealers Nation to this episode of the BTSC bi week bonanza featuring yours truly, Shannon White, beloved writer and podcaster for Behind the Still Curtain. Each of my esteemed colleagues has decided to do a short overview of the season thus far and I wanted to share my. Thoughts and opinions, uh, which I am prone to do with our beloved listeners. The season thus far, the 2021 season, has went pretty much according to plan. I honestly thought that the Steelers would be more of a 4-2 and team at this point. They've went against the grain, beating a Buffalo Bills team that pretty much every prognosticator had them losing to. And then losing three games in a row, two at home that I thought they would actually win. So they've arrived at a 3-3 three and three record, which is not far off from where we thought they would be, but they've gotten there in a very different manner than what we had predicted. The offense is struggling. I preached patience throughout the offseason to anybody that would listen because there was such a massive turnover. The team had... Grown old and stale. Actually, they veterans. There's a comfort level there. They've heard the same message from the coaching staff. When you don't have a lot of turnover, to where sometimes the message grows stale. It's hard for many veterans to get up for certain games, especially games that are not, let's say, prime time games against top level competition. That's why I believe a lot of times the Steelers have suffered and struggled some to win games that they should win, where they obviously incredibly had the more talented uh, team. They just, they could not get momentum. They could not get fired up for a lot of these teams this year. This team can beat anybody on a good day and they can lose to anybody on a bad day. That's, Part of the course when you are having to rely on so many rookies uh, to come in and not just fill minutes, but fill starters' minutes. Najee Harris has exceeded almost all expectations. He looks like he could be a star in the making. He, he runs with great conviction, strength, power. Um, he's needed... He's at the mercy of what running lanes his offensive line can provide him at this point, seeing how they're a totally revamped unit with only one starter from last year's team even returning. And he has been dealing with injury and switched sides already through six games this season, being Chooks-Oklfer. Um The offensive line struggles has affected the running game, limiting the uh, productivity of Harris. He's done a great job turning a potential one or two-yard loss into a two- or three-yard gain, and there has been improvement over the last two to three weeks. And that is the key to the season moving forward. If the offensive line can open up lanes where Harris can be productive, that will take some of the pressure off of Ben Roethlisberger, which at this stage of his career is a 39-year-old quarterback he desperately needs. His arm is fine, um, but his, his mobility has been severely diminished from just a couple of seasons ago. He looks to be almost in pain when he tries to move around and it affects his form and his function, uh, and that most of his inaccurate throws uh, have have been the direct result of him having to move his feet or not being comfortable in the pocket. His favorite player uh, growing up was John Elway, uh, another Hall of Fame quarterback who finally won two Super Bowl championships his last two years in the league when the Broncos drafted Terrell Davis and he had that incredible running game to lean upon to shorten the game, control the clock, time of possession, and they had a strong defense as well. That was the formula for success. I feel for the Steelers this year, I think that was the plan going in, but then David DiCastro, um reveals an injury that nobody knew he had, and he walks away. And then you're having to rely on a rookie center, which was pretty much the plan when they drafted Kendrick Green. His athleticism is off the chart, and I expect uh, great things from the young man. But, again, he's made a position switch from college, and he's having to learn uh, under the spotlight at the highest level in the profession in the NFL. And his weekly progress has been very impressive. Then Banner, who they thought would be back, had to go on the IR for the first few weeks, and you had to bring Dan Moore, Jr., and make him your starting left tackle, and he was basically a project this year. That, in a perfect world, wouldn't have seen the field. At the best, he would have been a swing tackle. At worst, he would have been a weekly inactive. So there's been a lot of change, and the, and how the offensive line goes will determine how the season goes. But I've been pleased with the progress they've shown so thus far. Um. Uh, so that's my thoughts on where we're at three and three at this point in the season. I think they still have a chance to be a contender, but it's going to depend on how they progress. Last year they started out eleven and zero, but you didn't get the feeling they were getting better every week. You you felt like each week that their weaknesses were being exposed. And this year, hopefully, they will be able to show progress, a steady progress each week to where they will be playing. If they can make the playoffs, they'll be playing their best football at that point. Uh, we also want to talk a little bit about uh, who the offensive MVP and defensive MVP is for the Stars so far this season. Offensive MVP, again, would have to be Najee Harris. He has uh, been everything that you could hope for, came as advertised. Um, he's been the bell cow, that uh, Tomlin likes to call uh, his usage for running back. He's had to use him that way because the backup options have not been good. And uh, with Anthony McFarlane also beginning the year on hour, there isn't a change of pace guy back there and a speed option. So Harris has been having to make something out of nothing on so many of these running plays. He's the only guy that they have who can do that, who can break two or three tackles to get a positive run. And so he's he's done an incredible job, great receiver, Uh not just out of the backfield, but split wide running routes. He has really good hands, and he would definitely be my offensive MVP and a real candidate for rookie of the year, Uh at least offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. My defensive MVP is, T.J. Watt has been his usual incredible self, and he's actually taken a step forward uh, in that he finally made game-changing, game-winning plays late in a game to help them beat the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. But I will have to go, my defensive MVP is Cameron Hayward, which I know that's going to be uh, probably most of my colleagues is going to agree with me because he has been there week in, week out, consistently double-teamed, consistently making an impact, even without Tyson Lulu, and Stephon Tuitt, who Lulu was lost early in the second game, and Stefan Tuitt is yet to suit up. And he has been the focal point of offensive lines uh, especially um, in light of the talent that last year they had pro- maybe the best defensive line starting three in the NFL. And two of those three guys might not see the field this year. So Hayward has is, is picked up the slack and is playing his best, possibly his best season at 32 years old. So he definitely deserves, deserves that recognition. My biggest surprise um, for me, I know a lot of people will say Trey Norwood, who has been an incredible find in the seventh-round draft pick, but my biggest surprise is the aforementioned Dan Moore Jr. He, he was an afterthought coming in, a project. Now he's been starting six games at left tackle. The whole Blindside movie let us gives us a glimpse of how important that left tackle position is for a right-handed quarterback. He's trying to protect the 39-year-old franchise quarterback, future Hall of Famer, who it could be brittle, who is not mobile. A lot of the other rookies I see around the league, they play on teams where the quarterback is much more mobile and, and they run out of a few pressures and it helps their numbers look better because they avoid a few sacks. Ben cannot do that at this stage of his career. When he gets hit from behind a couple times this year, he's already fumbled with strip sacks. So the reason Dan Moore Jr. is my pick for the biggest surprise is because of the amount of responsibility that has been given him. And he is not, his upper body is not where it needs to be. It's not as defined as it needs to be, which is shocking coming from a Power 5 school, but he'll he'll be able to work on that in the offseason. Right now, he's not getting by on strength. He's not getting by on technique. He's getting by on sheer will to get the job done. Uh, you have to be impressed with that, the fight in the young man. Uh, so I think he's done an incredible job, and I, I think he has a bright future. My biggest disappointment, now there's been a few of these, um, a few – Worthy candidates. But my biggest disappointment, without being harsh on anybody who's actually played in a game, my personal biggest disappointment has been that Stefan Tuitt not only has not played, but we don't know if he's going to play. There's just so many unanswered questions that need some clarification so the Steelers can categorize and decide. A plan moving forward. If he can't, then there has to be a plan B. But you can't plan on plan B when you you're not for sure that plan A uh, isn't going to happen. And at this point, we don't know if two it's going to be able to play or not. So I think a decision needs to be made on that because it's definitely affecting the defense and the defensive line, especially. My best moment so far. I was going to say the Buffalo Bills victory because of what a surprise and, and how much enthusiasm and encouragement it gives us. But I will say the uh, overtime uh, performance by T.J. Watt uh, against the Seattle Seahawks because he finally got that monkey off his back. He finally made plays, winning plays, the plays that a defensive player of the year makes. Past defensive players of the year for the Steelers, James Harrison, Troy, Troy Palomalo, Rod Woodson, Mel Blunt, Bean Joe Green, Jack Lambert, any of them, there's so many. But you would watch them, um, and they come through when it mattered the most. And what had not done that um, to this degree that he did Sunday night against the Seahawks. But he was dominant in the in. in the, that game, and he single-handedly won that game by causing that strip sack, where he beat a triple team through hustle to get back into that play and, and sack Geno from behind. So that's been my best moment, and my worst moment is the performance overall against the Cincinnati Bengals at home at Heinz The Steelers are a much better team than that. They're a franchise with a winning culture. Uh, a proven track record that has owned the Bengals in Ben's career. Now, that's two games in a row going back to last year that they've lost to the Bengals. One, of course, in Cincinnati and the last one in Pittsburgh. The aura that used to surround the Steelers when they would play a team like the Browns or or the Bengals is no longer there. And so, therefore, in the past, they would play – especially when teams come to Pittsburgh and they would be like, well, who's going to make a big play for the Steelers to beat us or or which one of us is going to make a mistake that will end up costing us the game. And we've seen that many times, whether it be in Cincinnati or in Pittsburgh, that they beat themselves just like they did in that playoffs a few years back by being undisciplined. Um, And they lost the game by, for that reason a game they should have won. Now the, um, that Steelers, that advantage they had, that mental advantage is no longer there. And all these teams in the divisions are getting better with young quarterbacks and they're trending up. And the Steelers have the oldest quarterback in the division who still can get the job done. Uh, the Steelers have a very young team now, but they, they, so much is going to depend on the second half of the season or the, the rest of the season, because we're not at the halfway point yet, but so much is going to depend on first and second year guys. They've had, luckily they've had two uh, sensational drafts classes in a row. The kind that stabilize a the franchise, the, the kind that keeps a team relevant and keeps, because you can't, just go out and sign all the free agents. You can't, you just can't afford to do that. And with the salary cap era, teams that can draft and retain the players they draft and develop the players they draft, those are the teams that are going to have sustained excellence. So I think that the Steelers are in really good shape moving forward. I want to say that they're going to be a contender to the end uh, a nine and eight, uh, 10 and seven record. Um, might claim the final uh, ball card spot. You get in the tournament, and you don't know what'll happen. But they um, they do have the talent. They just need good fortune, and and injuries will still de- decide what um, in in a large way who will be successful for the rest of the season and who will be the playoff uh, participants. Hopefully the Stars will have some good luck that way. Hopefully they can get Stephon it back. Hopefully that Ben can stay healthy and Harris, even with his big workload, can stay healthy. And uh, But the key, again, I believe will be the continued development of the offensive line. And based on what I've seen thus far, I believe they can do it. So thank you for uh, taking time to listen to this. And um, I really enjoy sharing my thoughts and opinions uh, with each one of you, and each one of you is valued and by all of us at Behind the still Curtain. Uh, and as always, go Steelers.